The Bible says this. Teach and urge these things. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and a constant friction among people who are deprived in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through the craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. So in this first little section here, we've got Paul outlining to Timothy and also outlining to us this, these ideas and this way of living that causes constant friction between people. Uh, hatred between people. And then it goes on a little later and it says that the love of, of money and the desire of money uh, produces this unhealthy lifestyle. Paul's not saying in here that money itself is bad. He's more just implying that the desire for money alone is bad. It goes on. In verse 11 it says, But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ which he will display at the proper time. He, Jesus, who is blessed, the only sovereign, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, who no one has ever seen or can see. To Him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Did you know I found this out the other day? Amen. It means let it be. Let it be. Maybe you didn't know that. Just let you know something new. We're going to take the next few minutes together and we're going to look at this passage in 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to spend the majority of our time looking at that idea that Paul charges Timothy, and I truly believe that Jesus calls and charges us to fight the good fight of the faith. The idea and charge that Paul gives to Timothy to fight the good fight is the same call that God has put on all of our lives if we choose to follow Him. Now normally, this word fight kind of has a negative context, right? Like maybe when I say fight, you think of two humans squaring off, about to go at each other. A lot of times it has a negative context. Well, I remember a time when I was like 11 years old, and I was about to be in the first and only fight of my whole life. I was 11 I didn't have this, you know, stature and physique quite then. I was like this tall, only had three braces on my teeth, 
you know, real awkward looking. And I remember being in the first and only fight of my life. It was a hot summer day. My mom sent my older brother Cody and I out into the yard. And we had to weed these beauty bark beds before we could go hang out with our friends. And I was like, man, I hate yard work. Come on. I was like, okay, mom, I'm a God-fearing man. I'll do it anyway. So my mom assigns my, my brother and I to our own beauty bark beds. And I remember the beauty bark bed that my mom assigned me to was like the size of Kansas. It was like massive. Okay, and my brother's beauty bark bed was like the size of this table. And it had like two weeds in it. And mine had like 2.5 billion, okay? And I'm like, this is horrible. Like I was filled with envy and deceit and hatred towards my brother. And I was like, oh, this is not fair. I don't like this. I was so upset. And I was like, my brother's going to finish weeding his bed so much quicker than I will. Sure enough, sweating, pulling these weeds out of the beauty bark. My brother, you know, is done picking like his two weeds out of his little beauty bark bed. And he's heading up the stairs to the deck of my parents' house because he's done. And I'll never forget, he turns to me and he says, ha, sucks, bro. And I was like, what did you say to me? I like take off my gloves, you know, like 11 years old, just like, what did you say to me? And I'm like, exchange some choice words with my brother. He exchanges some choice words with me. All of a sudden, my brother and I are squaring up in the lawn. First fight of my life. I'm like, that's going down. Now my brother is built like an ox. And I am built like a fragile angel hair pasta noodle. Okay? So I was like, you know what? Jesus is with me. It's going to be fine. And I'll never forget my brother winds up and he tries to take a swing at me. And I kind of move my head back a little bit, but he clips my chin. And I'm like, oh. So I get mad. So I grab him by the shirt. And this beauty bark bed that I was weeding is on a bank. And this bank goes all the way down to the beach. And I grab my brother and I throw him off this beauty bark thing. Well, he grabs my shirt too. And now we're tumbling down this beauty bark end over end. And we end up down there at the bottom. And I'm like, oh man, it's over. He's going to like lift up and just... But sure enough, like hilarious you know, brothers, we just start dying laughing. Like, what just happened? Oh my gosh. And that was the first and only fight of my life. And it was awesome. You ask my brother, he'll probably tell you he won. I won the fight that day, okay? But I tell you this story to ask you, you ever been in a fight before? Maybe not a physical fight with another human, but, but maybe this fight for you right now is a fight to keep your marriage together. Maybe it's a fight against cancer. Maybe it's a fight for you to try, try to keep your kids on the right track. Maybe it's a fight to, to make ends meet. Maybe it's a fight that you've been in for so long that you don't even know what you're fighting anymore. I think that we've all experienced some sort of fight in our lives before. And I'd like to take the next few moments, if I could, to unpack the idea that God has a fight for all of us to be a part of. In this passage in in 1 Timothy, Paul urges Timothy to run from these things. 
and fight the good fight. You know, I think that in culture right now, in society right now, maybe even in our community, most certainly all around the world, there's a lot of fighting going on, isn't there? There's a lot of hatred going on. There's a lot of quarrels and a lot of lying, a lot of envy. And I think it's pretty easy for us to identify with the group of people that Paul is talking about in this passage. I think that if we're all honest, that maybe we've stirred up some friction between people before. That if we're all honest, that maybe we even enjoy the little bit of an idea of controversy or maybe we've even slandered some people in our lives. Now I want you to know this morning, this isn't me telling you how I think you act. This is me simply looking in the mirror and saying, yeah, you know what? I think I've done that. I think there's been some hatred in my heart. I think I maybe have slandered some people. I think that maybe there's been a rock or two in my hand that I've wanted to throw at some people. And you know what? I think we've all been there. I think we've all had a rock or two in our hands ready to throw it at any moment at someone who maybe doesn't look like us, act like us, believe what we believe, or think what we think. It's funny because I think that a lot of times we fight or what we fight for sometimes really useless. We spend a lot of times fighting for the wrong things, which then in return leads to envy and slander and controversy, and in return leads to us throwing more and more rocks at people just because we simply don't agree with them. We spend a lot of time fighting for procedures and policies and fighting for our perspective to be right. We are more concerned with people seeing things from our perspective, and we are more concerned with making sure our procedures and policies go to plan. We fight for perspectives and procedures and policies. Well, I'm here to go on record this morning to say, what if that's not at all what God is concerned with? What if these fights aren't the fights at all that God is concerned with? What if the fights and the stuff that God is less concerned with of our perspectives and our procedures and our policies, what if God is less concerned with those things and God is more concerned with His people? That God is calling us to fight a good fight for the people in the community around us. That God is calling us to fight the good fight which is to love God and to love people. That our lives should be more concerned with loving God and loving people in our communities and in this world and less concerned with the perspectives, procedures, and policies that we hold so dear to our hearts. You see, in verse 11, in this passage, it says, but as for you, O man of God, but as for you, O woman of God, but as for you, Harbor Christian Center, flee from those things. Instead, pursue righteousness, godliness, 
faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Loving God and loving people. Notice in that that passage it says, fight the good fight. It doesn't say fight the good fights. It's singular, not plural. Paul is writing this to Timothy and is now writing it to us that there are not multiple fights to be had with our walk with God. There's only one true fight. There's only one good fight. And it's a fight to be fought with righteousness and godliness. Faith and love, steadfastness and gentleness. It's a fight to be fought for loving God and loving people. It's outlined for us right here in the Bible that we are designed and we are called to fight a good fight. What if in this next year, what if in this new year of of 2017, we said, you know what? I'm going to be less concerned with all of the other fights in my life and I'm going to be more concerned with the fight that God has called me to. The fight of of loving God and, and loving people. What would that look like for us if, if we just said, you know what, instead of pursuing all of this stuff, I'm going to pursue righteousness and godliness and love. What a life that would be, church. In this passage, it outlines for us how to live such a life. Paul starts it off with saying, pursue righteousness. This word righteousness is a word that I've tried to wrap my head around for years. Like, what is, what is righteousness? And then there's, there's this verse in the Bible in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that has changed my life forever. It says, For he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That... The Bible says that Jesus came, became sin for you and for me, that we might become the righteousness of God through Him. As to say that because of the perfect life, and the death, and the burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that the King of kings left heaven and came to earth, not that we would live a life of sin and death, but that through Him we might become as righteous as the king. And that out of our relationship with Jesus and the righteousness we can share with Him, we can fight the good fight of the faith. And then there's this word that that Paul uses. It's godliness. Godliness. I've heard it said that, that godliness can be defined as God awareness. That That the more we become aware of who God is, the more we are in awe of God, the more wonder we have for God, we then in return live a life of godliness. That as our awareness of God and our wonder of God grow, then so does our life pursuing and fighting the good fight of the faith. You see, in this passage, Paul outlines for us, he says, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called to fight the good fight. Take hold of the eternal life. 
here and now. It's not just for heaven someday far off. It's for right here, right now. That, that this good fight, this following Jesus, should affect our Monday through Saturday so that when we come to church on Sunday, we just get filled up and feel more encouraged so we can get back into the fight and go fight for those through Monday through Saturday. It's not a life to be lived far off in heaven someday. It's a life to be lived right here and now. God has a life so incredible for us to live. And He has called us to fight the good fight. The only fight that matters. Now I know sometimes that life can get busy. Totally understand that. And and we can start to be more concerned with the littler fights in our lives. The fights that, that lead to quarrels and the fights that lead to envy and hate and can cause constant friction between people. It's far more easy to live a life fighting for procedures and policies and perspectives and simply throw rocks at other humans and organizations simply because they aren't like us. But you see, in, in verse 7, in this passage, it says, for we brought nothing into the world. Nothing into the world. And we cannot take anything out of the world. As if to say that all of those policies and procedures and perspectives aren't eternal at all. But that the only thing that will last is people and God. It would be a great shame to live a whole life more concerned with the things and fighting the fights that will eventually fade away rather than fighting and being more concerned with the people and with Jesus who will never fade. You see, we don't need any more churches or Christians with rocks in their hands fighting fights of slander, envy, and hate. We don't need any more Christians or churches who are more concerned with their own opinions and perspectives and procedures and policies that they're too busy to notice the hurting and broken people around them. We need Christians and we need churches that are in the dirt with the people that are broken and hurting and need the love of God. That's got to be the church. That's got to be the heart of the Christian. We run towards the mess. We run towards the hurting. We run towards the broken. We don't turn away. We run towards them. Our job, we are called to fight the good fight for them and with them and encourage them and love them and believe the best. God has called us to that. Our call is to fight the good fight of loving God and loving people. And friends, we need you now more than ever. There's generation out there that is hurting more than ever. And we need some Christians and we need some churches that will say, you know what, I'm with you. I've got you. I'll fight this fight with you. I'll fight this fight for you. I'll believe the best about you. I see Jesus in you. And I'll call it out of you. 
I'll fight this good fight with you and for you of loving God and loving people. If we do that, if we live that life, then all of a sudden, our life starts to change. We start loving God and loving people. And then all of a sudden, this church starts to change. And then all of a sudden, this community starts to change. And then all of a sudden, Gig Harbor starts to change. And Tacoma starts to change. And then Seattle starts to change. And then all of a sudden, the whole world can't stop but stare and look at all these people who are saying, you know what? I'm done fighting the little fights. I want to fight the good fight. I want to fight the good fight of the faith, loving God and loving people. My hope is that you would leave here this morning feeling encouraged, feeling challenged, feeling loved, and knowing that you're loved by God. My hope is that we would be a community that is known for loving God and loving people. That that we would be a church that says, I'm going to fight the good fight. I'm going to fight the good fight of the faith. And that we would simply abandon everything else and just love God and love people. I stole this this book that I'm going to read out of from my dad. It's the message version of the Bible. My friend Eugene Peterson puts, puts this passage that we've been reading this way. And as we close here and now, Ben, you can go ahead and make your way back on up here. These are the same verses that we've been reading this morning. Eugene Peterson puts it this way. But you... Man of God. Woman of God. But you, Harbor Christian Center, here and now, run for your life from all of this. Instead, pursue a righteous life. A life of wonder, faith, love, steadfastness and gentleness. Run hard and fast in the faith. Seize the eternal life to which you were called to. The life you so fervently embrace in the presence of so many witnesses. I'm charging you in the presence of God and of Jesus who took His stand before Pontius Pilate and didn't give an inch. Keep this command to the letter. Love God. And love people. Our Master Jesus Christ is on His way. He'll show up right on time. His arrival guaranteed by the blessed and undisputed High King. The King of kings. The Lord of lords. He's the only one death can't touch. His light's so bright, your eyes can't take Him in. To Him, be honor and glory and eternal dominion. You know, Jesus is calling you to fight the good fight. My hope is that you would leave here today and you would know that this fight happens Monday through Saturday. And there's a hurting, broken, lost people in this community, in this neighborhood, in this world that desperately need the love of God. And we need some people to go and fight the good fight 
Harbor Christian Center, may it always be said that when they found us, that when they found us, church, we were found fighting the good fight right alongside Jesus. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we love You. We praise You. Father God, we so desperately want to be used by You. Lord God, we give You all of the glory in our lives. Lord, would You make us as righteous as the King? Would You lead us and guide us in this new year that we would fight the good fight? That we would look to You and that we would pursue righteousness and godliness and faith and love, steadfastness and gentleness. That we would fight the good fight of loving God and loving people. Holy Spirit, would You lead us and guide us in this fight? We can't do it without You. We don't want to. Lord God, we love You. We praise You. And we pray all these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen.